Welcome to Getting Behind the Desk, the 12-episode podcast series about the past, present, and future of broadcast journalism. Your host, John Dills, a senior mass communications major at Piedmont University, is going to explore topics relating to what broadcast has grown to be and what we can expect in the future. Broadcast journalism of today has an interesting dynamic due to new technologies coming in and challenges faced. I spoke with current reporter and sports anchor for WRBL in Columbus, Georgia, Mr. Jack Patterson, about broadcast journalism of today. What originally piqued your interest in broadcast journalism? For me, it was all about, I've always been somebody who loves to tell stories. And I think, I mean, honestly, at journalism, that's just kind of the core, right? You know, being able to tell people stories and, you know, being able to, you know, meet people that you don't know in most cases and being able to learn about them and learn, you know, the situation they're in and being able to convey that story for a mass audience. You know, there's an art to it for me. And, you know, it's a lot of fun because, you know, there might there's a story to be told and you have the you know the creativity to be able to find a way to tell that story and be able to make it relatable to the people at home and the people who might watch online so you know that that's always kind of at the core that's kind of always been my you know kind of like the emphasis of why I love journalism so much yeah and I can definitely agree with that I also like I feel like with a lot of journalists as well, like we all just want to share the stories of other people. So I think that's really wonderful. Broadcast journalism has a rich and interesting history, but the present moment of what broadcast is currently is equally important and captivating. What is currently new for broadcasters in the sense of how broadcast has evolved in the last few years? Well, I think the key word in which you just asked me is the word evolve, that our business is always constantly evolving. It, you know, especially in nowadays, it, it never stays the same. You know, there's always an evolution to things, whether it's technology or whether it's, you know, ways on how you cover things. So I, I would say probably the biggest evolution continues to be the technology we use in the newsroom, whether it's software that we use to, you know, organize our shows or whether it's, you know, the editing software we use or whether it's the cameras we use or the computers. You know, there's so many different things that we use and there's always new innovation that's being brought to the newsroom, you know, on a constant basis, on an annual basis. So I think the biggest thing is that the technology always evolving. You have to be able to evolve with it as well. And, you know, so I think it's always, for me, it's always a nice challenge, you know, to be able to like, okay, here's a new piece of technology to, you know, learn and try to, you know, be the best at. Yeah. So of all the new technology that has been introduced to newsrooms, what has been, I guess, the most important and interesting to you that you've seen in recent years? I'm going to say the power of social media because, you know, 
TV has its place, and especially with your older audiences, you know they're going to come to TV. You know, it's almost a given that, you know, they'll wake up in the morning and watch you. You know, they'll be there at noon, 5, 6, and 11, you know. But to reach younger audiences, especially for me in sports, to be able to reach younger audiences, you have to be able to be well-rounded on social media. You got to, it's one of those cases where you have to go where the people are. And especially for me, you know, I cover a lot of high school sports, a lot of college sports, you know, the younger audiences aren't always going to tune in at the morning, noon, five, six, and 11, you know, but where they will be, they'll be on Facebook. They'll be on Instagram. They'll be on Twitter. They'll be on TikTok. So you have to kind of go where they are and you have to, you know, reach them there in the effort that they will come follow you to TV and the website. So I say social media plays a huge role in what we do. You know, even though social media has been around for a few years, but the importance of it has ramped up drastically in the last few years. And it's just because to be able to tap that younger audience and get them to say, hey, you know, I saw you on Facebook or I saw you on Twitter or whatever. Or on what one of my anchors, she does, she does very active on TikTok. You know, but that drives people to our show. That drives people to our website. So I think the usage of social media in a good way is very, very important in today's newsroom. I totally agree with that. And I've, uh, on previous episodes of this podcast, I've kind of talked about how older generations kind of have stayed with cable television as the younger generations have moved to social media and websites and streaming platforms. So I think it's really interesting that you brought that up. In the second episode of this podcast series, I talked about COVID-19 and how broadcasters have had to adapt to such a huge change. For you, what was your experience like during the time? Honestly, um, it is kind of ironic because two years ago from pretty much right now when we're doing this is when it all started. Oh, wow. Yeah, it has been two years. And... Gosh, that that has been by far the biggest challenge in my career. And, you know, because all the sports got canceled. You know, there was no sports going on. You know, college sports was canceled. High school sports was obviously canceled because kids weren't in school. They were, you know, finishing school at home. So that was the biggest challenge um, for us. So, um, and on top of that, we were working from home now, too. So we had to, you know, I had to um, build a makeshift studio in my bedroom. Um, and that's where I did sports for the pretty much the entire summer of 2020. And Or what I would do is I would um, do packages out in the field. But I think while it was the toughest part of my career so far, it is also one of my proudest moments because um, – my sports department, myself and my sports director, Rex Castillo, we only didn't do sports one day out of the entire summer of 2020 when there was actively no games going on. We found stories to cover. You know, it, re- it really got, gave me a chance because I had no choice. It gave me an opportunity 
to focus on storytelling. And one of my favorite sayings in the business is that everybody has a story. And, you, you know, it's your job and opportunity to go find it and go tell it. And that's really what the summer of 2020, the spring and summer of 2020 was all about for me is reaching out to people, finding their stories and telling those stories. So I, you know, I did a lot of stuff, whether it was players, you know, working to try to stay in shape in the effort that, you know, maybe their season would get put back on because we didn't know, you know, how the pandemic was going to go out. So, you know, I did stories on players trying to stay in shape and, you know, trying to stay game ready so when the call did come, they'd be ready to go. Or I did stories on coaches who, you know, did seminars and stuff to help better other coaches. You know, I did so many things. I did stories on kids who, you know, still had the opportunity to sign and go play in college. You know, there's so many different stories. And we did sports every day but one. And that was just because we had bad weather in the area one day. So it made sense for us to go help out the coverage there. But outside of that, we did sports every single day. And our competition across town, they completely pretty much did away with sports four times. So, it, you know, it remains one of my proudest accomplishments that we continue to do sports in the face of, you know, what was a very hard time to do sports. And, you know, there were so many places across the country who eliminated sports. So to be able to continue to do sports in the face of everything that was going on remains a proud, proud moment in my career. Yeah, I definitely applaud you for hanging on and keep, like, just being able to keep going during that time because I'm sure everything was very chaotic and scary and being able to get those stories out and tell those stories, especially during a time where everyone is really depending on each other and trusting of each other and just awaiting for the pandemic to end. That's really important. So I really applaud you for being able to do that and going out there and getting those stories. It was, it was tough. I'm not even going to lie to you. Like when everything first happened, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I want to lie to you that I was scared because I'm like, how am I going to be able to do my job? There's no sports going on. There is no sports going on. And, uh, you know, I give a lot of credit to my sports director, Rex Garcia. We sat down uh, and I'll give credit to our um, news director at the time, Gene Kirkconnell. He said, listen, if you guys got sports, we'll do sports. So, you know, he he said, like, listen, if you got sports stories, you know, by all means, we will do sports. We're not, you know, just putting you guys to the side. So, and, you know, my sports director and I, we came together and we said, hey, listen, you know, this is just our opportunity to go find the stories, you know. Let's go be sports journalists. So, you know, because a lot of people think about, you know, sports journalism is always so much about, you know, just calling highlights and going to games. And it's a lot more than that. You know, there's a lot. You know, there's so much more to sports journalism than that. And I got to embrace that for a good period of time. And honestly, I think I'm better for it as a journalist. Yeah, and that's – you know, I think it's really important that stories be told, especially during that time, because it was so dark and, you know, we didn't know when we would be seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I wanted to ask, 
what was it like in the sense of COVID restrictions for sports as being a broadcaster? Were like, were you allowed in the press box with other people? Were like, what was that like? So, um, I guess we could start at the station where I was, um, you know, we were working from home. Like I said, I, I built a makeshift studio, uh, at my house. And then, um, from there, um, we were, as we got through the summer, um, and I think it was back in, uh, August, like a couple weeks before high school football season started when we were allowed back into the studio for the first time. It was, I think we were out of the studio for like 130 some odd days. And um, that's when we were allowed back into the studio. And even when sports started to come back, um, there was restrictions. Like, for example, when we went to go cover high school football on Friday night, you know, there was only certain parts of the field we could be on. And um, when uh, basketball came, you know, when the indoor sports came during the winter, you know, there's, you know, you had to have your mask on. And, you know, in some cases we couldn't go cover. Like, you know, down here in Columbus, you know, our one of our big beats is Auburn University. And, you know, it's the Auburn basketball. And we couldn't go cover the home games because, you know, of the um, restrictions they had at, at it four times. So we really didn't cover much of the 2021 season just because of the restrictions they had. And then – um, you know, same goes for, you know, high school basketball and stuff like that. You know, we had to have our mask on. We had to be, you know, distant from people. You know, there were certain places we had to work. You know, there's certain places we had to stand. So, you know, it was, was it restrictive? Yeah, but, you know, it's just one of those deals where you had to find a way, you know. And honestly, after what we went through in the spring of 2020, I didn't care about the restrictions because I was just happy to be covering sports. You know, there's still things, you know, it's 2022 and there's still things that, you know, I'm just now getting back to that I haven't covered since 2020. Like, um, back in February, I covered Auburn, uh, Auburn basketball game for the first time since March of 2020. So, you know, there's still things that, you know, we're still getting back to normal even two years later, which is, you know, I'm happy we're getting, you know, continuing to get things back to normal, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's, it's been a lot, and it's, it was a lot, you know, you know, in, you know, when it comes to covering sports, but I'm glad that things are getting back to normal. Yeah, and it very much feels like it has been a fight to get back to normal because everywhere around me um it's been like very like covid restrictions have stayed which obviously do, uh, especially to the omicron variant uh i'm sorry omicron variant it everything has stayed and you know we've been almost still scared and so as things are now starting to lighten back up it's really it's really great to feel that sense of normal again. Broadcast is absolutely. Broadcast is constantly adapting and learning. What is one of the biggest lessons that you've learned in the field that was not taught in college? I think the first thing I would 
the first thing would be that you gotta you got to have a strong will. You know, especially first starting out. You know, you're not gonna start out in a great market. You know, uh, so I've encountered so many people, especially the longer I've been in our industry. I've encountered so many people who think that, you know, they see, you know, I'll take Atlanta, for example. You know, you see the people that are on local TV in Atlanta, and they think, I'm going to go there. And it's not bad to have those aspirations, but it's misguided to have those aspirations straight out of college. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, you have to – yeah, it, is very much where you have to be able to, you have to work, you have to grind to get there. So, you know, just know that, you know, is there's no shortcut to get to where you want to go. I fully believe I, that. I think, <laughs> I, I think that's the biggest thing I can say is that you gotta, you gotta be able to work. Yeah. And as I'm getting ready to graduate, it's, I'm looking into jobs and across the state, there are multiple like positions that, you know, say required time in the field is three years, five years. I've seen some that say eight or 10 years. And it's, it's frightening as someone who's graduated college just now that, you know, there's, limited starting points is I guess probably the best way to say it. And so Mm -hmm. it's scary as to like looking into the future. And of course, like I'm trying to take what I see as the best path. So I'm trying to get an internship when I graduate. I'm trying to get my foot in the door at stations and trying to get to know people in different areas of the state that are in broadcast that, I can slowly work my way into the field and obviously know people in the field, but know people in the field specifically across the state so that I feel comfortable with where I am in my career. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that one thing I've learned in, in our field too, and it kind of alludes to what you just said, that it's not only about what you know, but it's also about who you know too. So networking is a huge, huge deal. You can never do enough network. Yeah. And as I'm finishing my senior year, I've talked to like a multitude of my professors about, you know, what does my future hold? What do I need to do to get to this specific goal? And one of the biggest things that has been pushed on me is networking. So obviously like the very basic things like LinkedIn and, you know, getting, trying to interact with broadcasters on social media and other platforms, but also like actually getting to know people in the industry and knowing them enough that, you know, I can shoot the text one day and just, you know, ask how they're doing and catch up and everything. So it's a, it's for someone who's going into it. it, That wasn't as much what I expected, but it's definitely honestly a very good thing because it makes, it makes me feel like I am welcome. 
And one big thing about the journalism industry, I will say, in a lot of cases, not all, but a lot of cases, is that when you go into a newsroom, it, it's more than a newsroom. In a lot of cases, a newsroom works like a family. And because you spend so much time together, and in a lot of cases, you have people who are not from the city you're in. You know, I'm fortunate. I'm from Columbus, and I grew up in Columbus, born in Columbus, and I worked in Columbus. But a lot of people don't have that luxury because, you know, they may be from Atlanta. Or, you know, we have a couple people in our station. You know, one is from Miami, and then another is from New Jersey, and another is from Texas. You know, so they're away from home. But at the same time, you know, when you spend so much time with people, you start to become a family. Yeah, and so I totally understand that as I'm about to graduate, I'm looking at internships and the closest internships to where I live and where I'm from, they're across the state at the closest. And so for me specifically, I know that having that foundation in a newsroom is going to be very important. Absolutely. It's so important. You know, I always try to make a connection with the people I work with because, you know, like I said, you're going to be around these people, you know, more than you're going to be at home. And, you know, it's kind of just the reality of the business where, you know, you're, you know, you are going to be around these people and you're going to get to know them real well. Yeah. And we've kind of slowly made it to the last topic from, uh, the previous one we were talking about, what advice do you have for me as I'm about to graduate and hopefully enter broadcast journalism? So I kind of already touched on one, but network. Networking is so big. It's so important. You know, do internships whenever you can. You know, I know it's not always the easiest thing to be able to do, but if you have the opportunity to do, do internships, I highly recommend it. Um, secondly, as you're getting ready to go into the market, you know, do your research on stations that you want to go to. Okay. And not just, you know, the big ones in the top 10, top 20 markets, but you know, ones that you know that you can, that honestly, you can get a job, you know, get your, get into the business, get, you know, get a solid footing and, you know, start making an impact, you know, don't, you know, very rarely, if ever, did you start in a high market, okay? And another thing I would say is get familiar with the Nielsen markets because that's going to play a big role into your career in television because, you know, obviously the, your goal is to, you know, find a home. That's your goal. And I'm not saying your home is going to be market number one New York City. It might be Atlanta, but it may be somewhere else too. The goal is for you to find a place where you feel like, you're at home and you want to spend your career. That's the goal. And then from there is to work towards that goal. So, you know, a lot of people start their career here at, in Columbus where I'm at. And they, you know, do a couple years here and then they move on to their next stop. And, you know, the goal is to, you know, find a place where you can build your experience. Like you talked about, a lot of places ask for so many, you know, years of experience you go to the smaller stations to build that experience and then you, you know, make your way up the ladder, so to speak. So definitely, definitely, definitely 
And the next thing I would say, especially to those who aspire to be on TV, you know, to be an on-camera reporter, you know, is there a lot of opportunities out there? Absolutely. Absolutely. But at the same time, you have a lot of people who are also going after those opportunities. So my next piece of advice would be don't be afraid to take a behind-the-scenes job to get your foot in the door. You know, one of the things that a lot of people don't know about me is that I started behind the scenes. I worked in production for almost seven years, and then I made my way on campus. And I'm not saying, you know, it'll take you seven years to get to that point, but what I'm saying is is that, you know, an opportunity to get your foot in the door and then work your way to the place you want to be. You know, at the same time, you're learning things about the business, you're still getting paid, and you're able to, you know, kind of ingrain yourself in that newness. So don't be afraid to take that jump because I know a lot of people who have, you know, started in production and made their way on camera and have gone on to successful careers on camera. So it can definitely be done. And, you know, it's a good plan B if, you know, maybe, you know, the, Report the reporter job market isn't you know quite working out for you at that point, you know. And I would say that what I would say that for anybody who wants to go in news or sports. So, you know, don't be afraid to take that opportunity because you can you can also learn a lot for your on camera career by working behind the scenes because you know how it goes on camera, and by knowing how it goes on camera, at least for me, makes me more cognizant to ha- on how to set up my stuff for on air for the di- for the directors to catch. And I think that's really important because the one thing about the production team is they're there to help make you look your best. So by making their jobs easier, you will look better on camera. So don't be afraid to take a production job and work your way in that, that way as well. But those two things are really the best, biggest things. And the third and most important thing is you got to have a passion for this. You know, journalism, especially in today's world, isn't an easy job. It's not. But at the same time, if you have a passion for it, it is so rewarding. It is so much fun. And, you know, at least for me specifically, I, I go by the model that sports is supposed to be fun, so I'm going to make it fun. So, you know, I'm going to bring energy to my sports cast. I'm going to go out. I'm going to have a good time. And, you know, man, get paid to, you know, go cover sports for a living. That You know, it's fun. But at the same time, if you're a news reporter and you love news and you love covering stories and telling people stories, then it should be fun for you. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, covering crime should be fun. But at the same time, you know, it should be, you know, telling stories should be something that you love. And if it's not something that you love, if it's not something that you're passionate about, you know, it's going to be hard because, you know, local TV is not easy in some cases. You know, there's times where you have to, you know, cover tough stories. There's times where you have to, you know, you have to be placed in tough situations. So, it's, you know, it's tough. So, you know, I would definitely say you got to be passionate about this in order to, you know, be successful in this. Yeah, and I definitely agree about the passion thing. I think journalism as a whole is very, it's very 
hard to swallow at first because you really don't think about it until you get into it, but you're going to be telling people's personal stories at times. And so I think that's Mm -hmm. really important. In the past, I haven't really been like told another way into broadcast as to looking at it on the production side of things. So I really think that piece of information is also very important for me as I'm getting ready to go into this career that I have put so much effort into working towards. So I think that's really important. I appreciate you saying all that and helping me out with that. I want to thank Mr. Jack Patterson for joining me today on this episode of Getting Behind the Desk. Thank you for listening to Getting Behind the Desk with John Dills. Look for a new episode each week highlighting different perspectives of broadcast journalism from the past, present, or future. 